Hey there, welcome to the Hillside Midweek Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope that this episode encourages you, and we'll catch you next time. All right, coming to you from Keller, Texas, we have our, uh, I guess you could say our, our little midweek conversation. And even though it's Tuesday, we still just want to shout out to our moms again. Happy Mother's Day. I hope it was amazing. Uh, even though your entire family was confined to your house for the whole day, I hope that you were able to uh, have your husband, your kids serve you, uh, give the free hugs, coupons, all those good things. Um, but is there kind of, I mean, I shared a little bit of my mom's story and, and I'm, I legitimately, I meant it when I said, it is hard for me to think of a single moment that my mom sacrificed and had the attitude of Christ because I just, I just kind of saw it all the time from my mom and my, and my dad. But, you know, since we're talking about moms, I mean, it, so it literally was hard for me to think of, oh yeah, this was the one time she did it, like that big moment because it happened nonstop mm-hmm. in my life and my family's life. Is, is there some things that kind of come to mind when you think about your mom's role in your lives as well? I definitely have it. Yeah, uh, sure I have some definite stories that come to mind that I could I could go on forever about that really highlight my mother's, you know, sacrifice. I mean, I mean, I got lots of them that just literally come to mind vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you, overall, um, there's just no one in your life like a mom. Mm-hmm. There's just no one in your life like a mom. We mm-hmm. can, you, you said you you had a story. You told the story well, I mean, a little earlier. My first about job, I, you know, I would I was opening a gym in Denton, and I had to be there by four thirty in the morning. And I was fourteen years old, and uh, I don't guess there was child labor laws back then. I don't even remember. That's another. That's <laughs> another topic. I think we need to hit, we need to hit that wild topic wild again. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I couldn't drive obviously, so my mom would wake me up at four a.m. And because my alarm wouldn't wake me up. And so, you know, I hear the, the piercing sound go through the house and it was a terrible, terrible sound that woke me up in the morning. But I was, I was grateful for it because I wouldn't be up otherwise. I wouldn't have a way to get there. And, uh, you know, that's what I loved about starting with that story and how it tied in with the talk was, um, you know, moms just have that nature, right? Mm-hmm. Moms just have that, that naturally giving, self-sacrificing nature. And, uh, you know, you said something in the talk about how this, this hymn was not, um, it wasn't just a one-time thing. Like this is Christ's nature. It's his, it's his character. And, uh, it, it, it brought to mind one of the, one of the things that, um, that really blows my mind about this is, is that in, in this first advent, his first coming, right? Uh, there's, there's this, it's already mind blowing that he goes as low as he can. Mm-hmm. He goes and, and doesn't even come with any kind of pomp, but he comes as low as he possibly can. But talking about it being his, his nature, uh, the first time that I read in Luke, where he's, he's saying that the second time that he comes, uh, the second time that he comes, you know, we, we think, we think of it just just all of the, you know, the crazy, the trumpets and the, the craziness. He's going to be coming in glory. But the fact in Luke, when he says, he says that when he comes and he finds the people who have been waiting, uh, waiting on him, that he, that he will gird himself to serve. And the fact that, I mean, we were even talking about this earlier, like the, the way that, um, 
that he uh, the way that he I don't I don't even know like what what were we well I said I mean it's he can't escape his own nature right he can never leave it he can't like set it aside it's just it's who he is right right he can't get away from it he can't get out of it he can't turn the button off of like the hey I did serve but now I'm gonna be glorified and everybody all my believers are exalted like even in those moments of all of that that's taking place he can't turn it off he still in his nature is that mm-hmm. self-sacrificing that giving that that cert you know has that servant yeah i love the um, idea that paul takes this just profound theology of the incarnation places it right after the verses you talked about today mm-hmm. two one to four uh, just re-emphasizing uh the importance of relationships and the dynamics of relationships in our lives and the incarnation is what uh, gives us the sort of the blueprint of how to treat each other. I told you I was reading that book, um, uh, Surprised by Paradox. Mm -hmm. It's really a great little book. But in it, she says that the incarnation is the death of abstraction which I've been meditating on ever since I've read it, can't get it out of my head. Uh, But in her words, she says this, we can be seduced into thinking that God's story is hovering at 30,000 feet, that it's being written on the outer hemisphere of heaven rather than the headlines of this earthly life. I love that because it takes this incredibly theological big picture you know, idea and the incarnation takes all these sort of the abstract ideas of spirituality that we think are way up here, they're invisible, you know, and brings them right down into our relationships so that the intricacies of how we relate to one another, uh, they're not abstract, they're concrete. I mean, I concretely have to figure out how to deal with you Mm -hmm. and you how to deal with me preferences, interests, concerns, all of those kind of things. So I love this idea of death of abstraction Mm -hmm. in our relationships. Uh, We have got to deal with each other. We can't disengage. We got to engage with each other. And all of those elements are how we mimic the selflessness of Christ Mm -hmm. in our dynamic with one another. Well, and even, you know, I, I was listening to Bob Iger use a corporate term this week about Disney's storylines being evergreen in nature in the sense that they just are always relevant. There's always something, there's always life there. They, they transcend generation to generation. As I was preparing for the talk that this week, um, it just made me think about like, first of all, Christ's nature is, is evergreen. It transcends all time, all generations. And then Paul's words, transcend all of those challenges and all of those now like tangible things like you're talking about, like taking abstraction and making it so tangible to us. Mm -hmm. And it just always, it's always there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what generation you are, what country you live in, the cultural habits, traditions, anything, these words cut through all of that Mm -hmm. to how as a believer, you're supposed to be living. You know, that, that idea of, of an evergreen story, um, it, it, it really resonates. There's one of my favorite author, authors is James K. A. Smith. And he, he talks about story in one of his latest books and talks about how we all want to be unique. 
you know, if you're an artist or if you're just in business, uh, if you have a family, we, we want to be unique. We want to have that legacy. We want to leave a name for ourselves in some way. And we want to have a story that's unique. But he says, he says in, in the same sense of that evergreen, it's more about entering into the story, those evergreen stories, those, the, the stories that, that transcend they're the ones that that are normal that you that you enter into that's why you know he talks about alcoholics anonymous and how the success of it is not not that it's some unique thing that's going to like each person giving their their stories yeah. they're not unique stories they're stories that you resonate with that you that you enter into and you go yeah that's my story well you know Interesting you say that. I think the incarnation is the ultimate story. What God yeah. did is the ultimate story. He brings us into that story. And when you come into that story, it's not just some ephemeral, spiritual, foggy, smoky thing. No, it's hardcore dealing with people and relationships like we just said. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to figure out how to relate to you. And I just think that's really profound. And right now we got two arenas where the world has changed pretty drastically, uh, really fast. Uh, the church world and our families. Mm -hmm. In the church world, uh, life looks a lot different. Some of us really like staying at home on Sunday mornings. Uh, uh, Some of us, I'm not going to say who exactly. I I know (laughs) her name. I'm not going to say who. Yeah, I know you know her name. Uh, But I'm also uh, aware of the fact that there's a lot of people who are really frustrated. We mentioned earlier, there's there's folks that'll sit right out here in the bargain lot. Yeah. Uh, because they're dying to get here one, you know, real soon. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to come together and it's going to look a lot different for a little while. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows how long. Uh, and we're right now trying to figure out what that's going to look like. And it's going to be different. And nobody, it's not going to look like everybody wants it to. We're mm-hmm. all going to have to sacrifice something in order to be together. Yeah. And um, I think that's kind of what Paul is driving at a little bit in his conversation is that we're all going to sacrifice something in order for, for a greater cause. Right. It's not going to look the way we want. It may not be as uh, pristine as we want. It may not be as practical as we wish yeah. it was. Um, convenient. It, it can I mean, be yeah. convenient. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of factors, but we give up a lot of those things mm-hmm. to be able to accomplish the things that God's, yeah. uh, you know, called us to do together, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, together. So that's, that's one way. Yeah. Um, and then there's the family dynamics. Yeah. I mean, people's family lives are radically different right now, and they're all having to adjust and figure out, how do I sacrifice for my family now, serve? I mean, I'm doing a lot of things different now. What, do your homes look, how much different do they look <laughs> right now than it's, they have? It's completely different. <laughs> I, I don't know which end is up. I, I have no idea. Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing more shopping. I'm doing more cooking. Uh, I'm doing more cleaning. Um, I'm holding babies. I'm chasing puppies. <laughs> uh, I'm doing lots of stuff and interacting with my family. And in a lot of ways, I've really loved it. I mean, I've really loved it. But it's been an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy. It's inconvenient. Yep. You get your toes stepped on. Uh, but for the sake of oneness and harmony, it's worth it all. It, right? But it's, but to it's have that family worth it all. cohesion of what's, exactly what's right. happening. And mm-hmm. it's not always perfect. We just mentioned... Um, this is something you wrestle with because oh, we yeah. talked at length about how hard this is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we shouldn't just imagine that this is simple. Right. We re- you wrestle with these things. Um, they're hard. Yeah. I don't know if I've done enough today. I don't know if, 
you know, I've sacrificed enough. Right. What are the boundaries and the limits? Right. You, you yeah. brought that up. How far do you empty yourself? Paul, Paul talks about in that same passage, he talks about emptying himself and he can only do that because Christ just emptied himself and that him. I mean, he's, yeah. he's talking about that's where his source is, but yeah, where, where do those boundaries go and how, how far, how far do you empty yourself and where does it fill back up? I mean, there's so much to navigate there and it's a wrestling match. Yeah, I yeah. think it is. And, um, I think we were saying earlier, I, I, uh, realize none of us are, are perfect at this. We're struggling at it every day. And, um, every day I find some inadequacy or I hit some bump, you know, in the road as to who I am mm -hmm. that makes being what Christ wants me to be today a little difficult. And I'm reminded that I need him to be able to do this. I need him every day to be able to do it. And that reminder is absolutely essential. If we were all doing this perfect, mm -hmm. uh, we would become very self-centered, reliant, and righteous right yeah and so every day i'm learning that i i maybe i can go a little farther than i thought i could yeah. um maybe there's some areas you know boundaries that that are not healthy that i need to to work on mm -hmm. yeah you know, there's there's a number of ways yeah. uh to look at this but if you're wrestling with it mm -hmm. then i think you're you're moving toward where where god wants you to yeah just be asking the question just yeah. asking the question is getting you closer right I would say, generally speaking, most of us could hurt a little more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> generally speaking, I'd say, hey, yeah, uh, yeah. we probably need to err on the side of being a little more serving. Yeah, That's just yeah. a general observation. I know it's true of me, for sure. For sure. No, I I completely agree. I I just think when you when you look at the extreme thoughts that can come out of Paul's addressing one extreme thought in some type of conflict that's taking place and some type of self-interest and self-preservation that's taking place that is really hurting the unity of the church. He's, ex he's you know, addressing that extreme, mm -hmm. but then someone can read these and kind of, in a sense, pour themselves out to the point that is so unhealthy as well and have no boundaries with certain individuals in their lives and, and all of that as well. But like you said, the wrestling, the being aware of it, the being, uh, you know, also being tapped into the spirit and his guidance in those moments, those exact moments when it's happening, you know, mm -hmm. of the God, is this a boundary moment? Mm -hmm. Or is this a stretch yourself past what you have ever done before in your life, Mike, because this is a moment I'm gonna use for my glory. That's exactly right. right. So, and when you're finding, when you're just in that wrestle, you're in that role, that's where he wants you to be. That's a great point. There's no formula to it. If there's, there's no, I, I don't think, I mean, there may be a few hard and fast rules, right? But in general, if you're just taking hard and fast rules and not having that, that, that just spirit led walk where you're, where you're looking at every situation and, uh, you know, this totally random. I, I, uh, I was out with, with a friend, uh, we had just got done serving at UGM and there was something that, uh, you know, we, we were, you know, ministering with the homeless uh, and we would go uh, to this restaurant um, that's just a little ways down because there was ways to interact with homeless people there. There was you know, a little bit less rules is a little bit less structured. And we enjoyed the, some of the interaction. And I've got my own set of rules when I'm, you know, when I'm interacting with 
strangers in general and and you know uh this guy came up and he's talking to us and in this particular instance you know he we got to know him a little bit and we were praying with him he asked for a ride and that's that's not happening right yeah well i really felt the spirit leading that this is something that you need to do in this moment Hmm. so me and my buddy we we actually we drove him where he needed to go and my wife was like he may not have choked you, but I am right now. Like she was, she was livid. But the point is, yeah. you can have hard, fast rules, but you've you've got to let the spirit flex them. No question. On where those boundaries are. No question. And I don't even think they're healthy to have them if if you haven't given permission to the spirit. That's to adjust point. them. That's a great thing. Um, I got all kind of natural. I don't even know why I have all the rules I have in my life. Where did that come from? I don't exactly. know, but I don't know that necessarily. Sometimes it may be exactly what the Spirit wants me to do. That's a great rule, Pete. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> then there are other times when the Spirit goes, that's the dumbest rule I've ever right. heard in my life. Get right. out there and do that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think that's how that works. Right. And if it's not working that way, then your rules are more important than the spirit. That's, right. an, that's not a healthy spiritual life. Yeah, hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, if you go to Hillside or even if you don't go to Hillside and you just love kind of tuning in and hearing our thoughts as we think through and express some honestly genuine desires and thoughts and opinions that we have, uh, we are so thankful for you doing that. Uh, and so just hope that you continue to have a life that is receptive to the spirit as you apply this text that Paul is, uh, is writing to the church in Philippi.